Hi, I'm Harry. Hello, I'm Rory, and you're listening to Games on Film. time ago in a galaxy far far away we started a podcast but we're now here in rory's place and i am in the real current galaxy i didn't didn't want to say exactly where you lived actually good yeah (laughs) i've got a postcode and everything but no we're here we're talking about star wars star wars video games video games based on star wars and and everything else we can ramble about for the next 90 minutes or so. Um, and also, we've got a very special guest with us today, haven't we, Rory? Yes, we do. We have Stephen Trumbull. Hey! Hi, guys. Do you want to tell us a bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Stephen Trumbull. Uh, I know Harry from the stand-up comedy circuit mm-hmm. in, in London. Uh, so I'm a stand-up comedian, but also I uh, have my own podcast uh, called 50 Uses for the Word Love where uh, every episode we talk about a different uh, word or a different emotion that could be appropriated or misappropriated as the word love. Is there a way you can tie that into Star Wars? <laughs> well, we're gonna do, we will do a fandom episode, ah, for sure. Okay, fandom okay. is a, definitely a form of love. Well, you could say Jedi are required to love, as Hayden um, <laughs> Christensen said... In Attack of the Clones. I mean, oh, yes, I forgot he was the, before the admitting Casanova the, of the Star Wars franchise. Before, before directly admitting that he has wet dreams. Uh, <laughs> I do a podcast called um, 50 Ways to Describe Sand. A podcast all about how much I hate sand, how much I love sand. All the, all the desert people have got 500 words for sand. Yeah, and beach sand is a different consistency mm-hmm. to desert sand. Yeah, it's strange enough, all the sand people words for sand are... <laughs> <laughs> it's like, but there's a lot of like inflection that you got to take. Into oh yeah, account. it's all very nuanced. It's yeah. all dialectal and everything. So, um, so, what a vivid language! <laughs> I know. Well, the thing is, so I guess we should talk a bit about kind of why we're doing this podcast, really. So, as we usually, we're usually doing a film based on a video game, but occasionally we go the other way. And with the imminent release of Rise of Skywalker, which, if you didn't know, was the last Star Wars film, <laughs> um, it would be a good time to talk about all the ways that stars and video games and, and games really intersect. In terms of your appreciation of Star Wars, uh, Stephen, like where, where do you sit on the old uh, spectrum? <laughs> Are you light side or dark side or a grey Jedi? I, I know quite a lot about Star Wars. Yes, no, the grey Jedi. <laughs> Gandalf the Grey. Gandalf the Grey, wow, Jedi. yeah. The most famous Jedi of them all. I'd say he was I, a pretty good Jedi, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. What we don't realise is that Jedi are in fact Maiar spirits. That's, uh, <laughs> a, a Balrog is really just like a fallen Jedi. No, no. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, on that note though, I mean, Obi-Wan Kenobi is effectively Gandalf the Grey in... in uh, Oh, that film, Star Wars, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, I forgot the name of it. Which one was that? I think it was, uh, yeah. Star Wars, that one. Yeah. But, um, um, yeah, how, yeah no, do you... I, I, how do I fall in terms of, like, uh, liking it? Or just mm-hmm. in terms of, like... I think, well, I mean, I, I grew up I obsessed with Star Wars. Completely obsessed. Uh, I... I would like to think of myself as a very geeky person. You know this as well that I'm very, in, I'm equally into Star Trek. I think we're both... The way I see it, mm. Star Trek is my head 
and Star Wars is my heart. Wow, I thought you were going to say Star Trek is your tail. No, Star Wars <laughs> is your tail. And Star- no. What are you saying? Tails, Star, yeah. Wars, Star Trek, flip a coin. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm sorry. Star Wars is my head, Star Trek is my shaft. No, um, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I, I would say that, like, um, I'm a bit of a contrarian by nature, I'd mm-hmm. say, as a fan. I, I, I find extreme forms of fandom uh hard to uh kind of reconcile i guess mm. so it's almost as if like i live in this beautiful world where i get to like a lot of things mm. and also not have to hate things mm. um mm. and i can i'm discerning but i kind of keep it to myself i have been known to go on the odd rant and you'll probably hear a few of them mm. um and i can get quite het up about certain things but i think star wars is one of those things where you know, I grew up with it. I'm I'm part of that weird generation. I think we're all the same generation here, where mm-hmm. we were the people who were we liked the original trilogy, but we also got to see the re-release in the cinema. Yes, which means that we weren't horrified by slice noodles being CG and uh, and the little changes and tweaks, mm-hmm. which was the beginning of of the st- George Lucas raping my childhood, you know, thing. Yeah. He you raped know. yours too. Well, no, no, but there's, there's that whole, that whole, yeah. there's a whole generation and they all mm. started with those, those special editions. Because but that, I remember yeah. having those on, on video and just being obsessed with how the effects work and how beautiful they were. And then I ended up loving the prequel trilogy, like kind of unapologetically. We wouldn't have been around when the, trilogy was first the original trilogy was first released in cinemas so i guess we were the sort of second wave Hmm. star wars fans in that respect Hmm. so the original films had all been released Mm -hmm. and then you know we would have watched them like on video or taped off tv Hmm. or or Hmm. regular things and then by the time it got to you know the re-releases of the special editions i remember i think going to see the special edition re-release of Empire Strikes Back for my 12th birthday, wow, I think it would have been. that's so cool. Um, and then, you know, by the time Phantom Menace rolled yeah. around and stuff, we, you know, so... You're like 13, 14. <laughs> I, 12, yeah, yeah. I re-watched the prequel trilogy uh, last week, and they are boring as balls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, they're definitely, like, um, they're definitely objectively flawed. Yeah, no, it's just... It's just funny, isn't it? Because I, I, had, I think since I hadn't watched them for quite some time, so I felt really ready to watch them, and I actually had grown rather fond of them. I think because they're, mm. they're the most memed of all of Star Wars, actually, yeah. in the prequel trilogy. But I watched them, and they were hella dull. <laughs> and I think I think the reason I enjoyed them so much when they came out, I totally did lightsaber battles with mates, just like yeah, in the too. prequels. Did you have like? Did you go to home base and get dowel rods? That's what me and my no, I, got, I have like, a twin brother, and we would just go into the garden with these long dowel rods that we'd made our dad get from home base, <laughs> and we would fight, choreograph lightsaber battles mm-hmm. until they the sticks broke. Essentially, mm. yeah, my I had an officially licensed lightsaber, which said on it, "Do not poke." animals or other people with his lightsaber and like screw that like, <laughs> the newest dog I found but um, I think the, the prequels my enjoyment of them especially in the light of these sequel trilogies and all the Disney films you realise that your appreciation was, well at least my appreciation was a desert oasis so there was no Star Wars content and then mm. these Star Wars films came out and yeah. but one has to realise now it has been more year, more time since the prequels than there were between the prequels and the original trilogy. I think is yeah. it Phantom Menace is now twenty years old. Fuck. It yeah. is yes. Yeah. <laughs> and so you gotta really just just well, let it go. The and world I've... spent that time well. <laughs> <laughs> 
Very much so. <laughs> We've yeah. all done so well. Yes, but um, I think you touched upon like modern fandom and 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 negativity and and I just I don't have the energy for it. So uh, hmm. this podcast is a, a, a podcast of lovers, not haters. We like to celebrate. So we'll, we'll try not to. But, rant too much about how everyone who hates The Last Jedi is absolutely utterly wrong. But I, I think <laughs> what we would say just on The Phantom Menace is that if you can imagine, you know, the discourse yeah. that surrounded The Last Jedi and people will soon forget. I mean, everyone just goes on about Phantom Menace just like, oh, it's dumb and it's got Jar Jar and all this kind of yeah. stuff. But people made whole movies about... Mm their hatred for it's insane, that, isn't it? that that well, film at the time. So. My, my brother is a fucking storytelling genius. He actually fixed Jar Jar in one scene. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do you want, do you want me to share it? Yeah. It's like, you mean like it's Newton? N- it's, it's no... <laughs> Gung- Gunga City can't have him running around getting up to all sorts of nonsense. Exactly. That sounds quite extreme. That's what boom de gasser means. Oh, okay. um, not my balls. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we can't do anything about him speaking in Amistad language. That's not... That's 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 very problematic and can't be fixed. Um, uh, but he, on a storytelling device, basically came up with this idea, which is now my preferred version of it that I play in my head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know there's a little bunch of people who've already done stuff like this before, and it's not the Sith Lord thing. Mm-hmm. It's um, he had it be that when Queen Amidala kneels down in front of Boss Nass and begs for his help, she lowers her head and closes her eyes, and then when she opens her eyes, Jar Jar is knelt in front of her. And suddenly he's in front of her. Uh-huh. And it turns out that he's the king of the Gungans. And he's been, been pretending to be an idiot the uh, whole time. So there's two so she's been decoys. Pretend, yes, two decoys. And it's like, how would you... If you had this other species, which were... You didn't trust historically. How would you work out if they had noble intentions or if they were good people? You'd see how they treat the, the lowest person. Uh... And also it means that Jar Jar's a fucking vagabond king. How cool is that? Yeah. Wearing rags, just being, just be, just walk in the forest. How cool would that be? And then he means he gets to lead the army at the end and not be a fucking idiot during it. Steady, steady. Like it's like <laughs> it's like that, but like he's like a, he's like, let's go, lads, and he's sort of brave hearting out. You know, last of the Mugungans yeah. starts happening, and it's just like amazing. Do you know what the official canon? ending of Jar Jar is because it showed up in an extended universe novel oh, really? um, called I was just looking this up um, Empire's End and I think there's a scene set on Naboo where there's this sort of basically a um, kind of like a homeless person entertaining the children and it turns out it's Jar Jar and he oh. tells this real it's like a, a single scene where he's talking this bittersweet story about how the kids used to love him mm-hmm. um, but now <laughs> but now everyone hates him for effectively bringing on bringing the mm-hmm. Empire into mm-hmm. power mm-hmm. and it's like it's sort of this meta commentary on how Jar Jar was this sort of mm. um, sort of minstrel type character, which people used to really love, yeah. but um, <laughs> but grown ups didn't like him at all. Mm. Yeah, and then poor Ahmed Best, he played. Oh him, yeah, like, yeah. He was driven to suicidal thoughts, and like poor man, he was very talented. He yeah, was a stomp, yeah. wasn't he? Like he was like it's a, it's not an it's not a bad comedic performance. It's just a bunch of seriously I think he... problematic decisions all on top of each other. Yeah. And George Lucas surrounding himself with yes men. I you're think not, he yeah. gave Lucas... Not, who, who are you to say no to George Lucas yeah. making Star Wars? And, and I think what's interesting about Phantom Menace is that it's as pure a directorial vision as you could possibly get. You mm. have George Lucas returning to something he created. Mm. And as it was the first film he'd done in a long time, 
it's completely his thing. He had the power and yeah. the money to do so. It's the last whereas, of the auteur. Yeah, <laughs> whereas if you it. see, yeah. you know, Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith, he would he could say it was always his vision, hmm. but you know that post Phantom Menace there's gonna have been some compromise hmm. or committee hmm. or hmm. just you know I, I pretty communication like... with the fans, etc. <laughs> so what I appreciate about the Phantom Menace is just like, no, this is exactly what he wanted. <laughs> it's like probably one of the few films where it's just no, this is Pure George. Pure, pure George. Curious George. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I think I've grown... When I saw The Force Awakens, I think everyone was quite surprised what a remake it was of the mm. uh, A New Hope. And I think there was a, for the first time ever, I was lamenting the lack of George Lucas saying... I don't care that you want that you want X wings. I'm showing yeah. you a Naboo starfighter, and you're gonna like it. Yeah, yeah I love the Naboo with the yellow and the chrome. Yeah. That's one of the best designs of a spaceship ever. But what the I, art design yeah. on those films is fucking yeah, top, yeah, man. I, yeah. In my in my own Star Wars head canon, where I, I discovered my Star Wars name was La uh, Hast Lolon. <laughs> yeah, come on. So it's like, what is it? The it, the first three letters of your first name, mm. then. The first two letters of your last name. Okay. Which is... Uh, Steed True. Steed. So we're already there. Yeah. And then it's the first two letters of your the mother's first... maiden name. So it's always the first couple of letters of... Have I got that right? So you say so first two letters of first name. First, first three letters. First three letters. This is how George Lucas does yeah. it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And first three letters of your mother's maiden name. John. And the first, oh, first two... two letters or... Three yes, letters. the first three letters. Sorry, so like, first like, two like, letters, because you were Lolon. So it must be the first two letters of your mother's maiden name. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell okay, you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> right. Which one and, of us is Chewie and which is Han in this uh, relationship, Rory? Whoever, <laughs> whoever it is out there who, whose name amounted to salacious crumb has got a real problem. <laughs> no, I really want to know now. So it's well, maybe Steve it was True, Steve True um, and then where I'm from? Or? First three letters of where you were born. Where I was born. First... And I, I mean, I was Three born letters. in Hammersmith, but I thought London sounded better. Right, so that would be... Ooh. Okay. That would be Steetrue Joe Knox. That's amazing! That's going to be in The Mandalorian. Okay, right. cool. <laughs> Along and... with every American stand-up comedian. Nice, let's do it. It would be um... Maria Bamford <laughs> swooping in Ooh. on a speeder. Billy Eichner just sort of <laughs> talking to people on Tatooine. Now, <laughs> Bill Burr going, oh, jeez, <laughs> as he's like <laughs> taking out stormtroopers. Now, I, might, I haven't done too much research, but I think we might be the first podcast to ever talk about star wars oh great yeah. okay, okay cool. so there's a lot, ground, waiting. a lot of nice. ground to cover i think going all the way back to star wars where it began and what's interesting in relation to star wars and video games was that the first star wars film came out 1977 and that was around about the time when video games had their first peak Right. So you had Pong released in 1972, five years prior mm. to the first Star Wars. Is this home games or arcade? Uh, arcade, arcade games. games. There were, you know, home versions of Pong, etc. later. But you can sort of see how in the immediate aftermath of Star Wars, something like Space Invaders came out a year later mm. and that was influenced by Star Wars and how so many of those post-Star Wars, you do have lots of space-based yeah. games. And I think... You know, part of that is because when you're dealing with very simplistic graphics, having the sort of black abyss of space and maybe a few stars or mm. whatever is quite easy to replicate. Yeah. Because video games 
have their origins around about the same time as Star Wars. You can sort of just trace the history of video games and see what Star Wars games were happening at that time mm, and just mm. see the evolution of video games just purely really through Star Wars. Yeah. And I think with the... Um, like, there's no bigger multimedia franchise than Star Wars. And whereas other properties have their basis in nostalgia, uh, the thing is, Star Wars has been a constant. Yeah. So there's been the movies, but... I think it's recently become a constant. I think since that crazy Disney acquisition, yeah, which yeah. I mean, there's anti-Disney acquisition and pro-Disney acquisition, but I think it, it stopped being a nostalgia thing and now it is a constant thing. Oh, really? Because I would say the opposite. I would say it was a constant thing until the Disney thing and now it's just playing off nostalgia. It's, oh, they like this. They like Han Solo? Let's have a Han Solo mm-hmm. film. They like, uh, you know, uh, 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 Boba Fett? Let's make a Mandalorian series. Whereas before it was like, as you say, George saying, I'm going to make it about yellow queen spaceship um, <laughs> in it's an Italian uh, castle, you know, whatever the hell... It's like, Whatever it was no going through, his, whatever sure. the hell was going through his head. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So I see what you mean, and that it's constant now, and that it's everywhere. Yeah. Is that what you mean? You, yeah, I mean you, it's it's yeah. there's never a gap. Well, what I would say is that yes, there were gaps in the movies, but the thing is, it was things like the video games which filled those gaps, or yeah. spin-off comets, spin-off books, etc., all the expanded TV universe shows. Stars. And yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, droid exactly. TV show and stuff. So I think it has been. You know, there's always been something Star Wars happening, just not necessarily maybe quite so, you know, mega budget and mainstream with it. So that's why there are just so many damn Star Wars video games. We've lost. The Empire's hunting Jedi survivors. Now, they know who you are. can't change the past. You trespass, Jedi. But I'm done hiding. Cal Kestis. You will always struggle. It's the choice to keep fighting that makes us who we are. To be forewarned, we're not going to be talking about every single Star Wars game. I think mm-hmm. we're going to talk about ones that we've had a special connection with. Mm-hmm. Um, might even talk about ones we wish we've played. Um, if you watch a video, even just scratching the surface of Star Wars video games, you get everything from vector graphics to, I think, the very recent release on the PlayStation 4. Is it Jedi Fallen Order? Fallen yeah. Order, yeah. Fallen yeah. Order. Um, mm. I Not Law and Order. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that would be so amazing. <laughs> Love to see Star Wars. <laughs> I mean, there must be some, like, Star Wars courtroom, like, Phoenix yeah, Wright-style so game out oh there. Oh, my God, that'd be so yeah. funny. If only. I mean, I think... Imperial Court or something. They want to yeah, create a flipping so multi-universe of Star Wars content. I, I bet within ten years you're going to get a courtroom drama. Oh, no, I'm sure there's going to be a Disney Plus Star Wars procedural, police I mean, procedural or I, something. I Someone get... said the other day they were gonna, there, there's somebody trying to develop like every single time, like they might even try doing like comedies and stuff set within the Star Wars universe and it's like, why? Well, with, with the Solo film which came out <laughs> recently, what the directors got fired, uh, is it Phil Lord mm. and um, uh, Chris Miller? Chris Miller. I, no one will ever see that solo movie they're working on but certain people were saying that they're going full-blown comedy so i've got a picture of 
their film 21 Jump Street with a mm. Star Wars sheen and there's a part of me which would want to see that yeah well I mean, the, the, in a, I mean to be fair I think that's the only way that that film would have escaped its fate I think mm. if it was so odd because the way that it ended up being was it was kind of like d- didn't really need to exist mm. whereas if you fine. gave it if you made it so strange Mm. That it justified its own existence. That's the only way it could have won. It's the only way it could have beat. It's the only way you could make a Lego movie that isn't shit. Is if Mm. you make it so fucking strange. It's the only way you could make a 21 Jump Street reboot that is so strange that it escaped being just like exactly what you expected to be. I mean, speaking of strange, I'm I'm looking through my notes here. And the Japan-only Star Wars game on the NES, Darth Vader turns into a scorpion. In the boss battles. What? <laughs> mm. And um, not only do they have really cute chibi stormtroopers, <laughs> but they take massive liberties. And when you're fighting Darth Vader, he just turns into into different enemies, including a scorpion with an angry face. <laughs> it turns out he's fucking Pennywise he's... of the Star Wars yeah. universe. Very weird. <laughs> just like levitating stones going, we all float down here. <laughs> oh my God. Maybe, maybe Pennywise is a Sith Lord. We all don't mm. know. Yeah, I yeah. um, Pennywise. I'd ship that. I, I, I have a couple of games that I, I, I was looking through the games that I played growing up because I'm not a gamer. Mm. I'm very much not a gamer. Uh, in that I haven't played like a video game seriously in about 20 years, I guess, since mm-hmm. Phantom Menace. But in that... Is that game, one killed it for you? <laughs> kind of. I think one of the last games I ever played was actually the Phantom Menace tie-in PC game, which was actually really good, because it's just because all I really wanted was to walk around with a lightsaber deflecting laser bolts. Oh, and that's essentially was that what it was. Was that the sort of Jedi power battles? Yeah. Your big basically, light stick? Basically just the plot of the film with a little bit of, of uh, problem-solving... Tomb Raider style and jumping okay. around locations and okay. you get a lightsaber and you get to deflect like it was the only time I'd ever had it where like a droid fires a laser bolt at you and you see the laser bolt coming and then you can make it um, go somewhere else which was really this- magical to me but in the 10 years before that I, I had I was an N64 man yes I think we were too fantastic which means that we will probably uh, share rogue the- squadroning at yes. a notch yes um, I have three of the few games I've played my whole life three of them were Star Wars games it was Rogue mm-hmm. Squadron Shadows of the Empire mm-hmm. and uh, Star Wars Pod Racer. Oh. Like Shadows of the Empire, for instance, was a kind of project in a way to fill the void between movies. So they mm. did Shadows of the Empire tie in book and mm. comics and the game oh, was sort soundtrack. Of part of that. I didn't realize, I always thought yeah. that it was based on the on a no, on, was, on expanded so you, universe. So I thought Dash Rendar was thing. like a character from I, the, the, the EU. I sometimes you you stumble on mass- <laughs> Brexit. Brexit. <laughs> you you stumble on. I mean, just a side note: when you're talking about um, courtroom dramas early in Star Wars, I thought, what about a Star Wars show about someone trying to impeach the Emperor? Because <laughs> he's made this Death Star, which might have blown up a planet. He's like fake newsing it, and I thought, politics. <laughs> um, but I mean, it's a film about wars. I guess the prequels, their fate was having going sort of too hard into the politics of it and having yeah, endless exactly. council yeah. meetings wherever <laughs> they're just blowing stuff up. My my family has like literally a two word in joke that they can bring out at any time to describe any kind of film that's going off the deep end, and it's just trade disputes. <laughs> Sometimes we'll be like, "Was that any good?" And, and my dad will just be like, "It was a little bit trade disputes." You know it's really bizarre though I mean like people had a go at Last Jedi for a subplot involving Finn and Rose Mm. having no point but the entirety of the 
Phantom Menace as I'm going to the Coruscant and back again for yeah. achieving nothing. <laughs> it's um, basically, uh, you need to fill out that form in triplicate pretty and much. send it to the green office. And it's like, oh, fuck, we may as well just go back home. But again, in the same sort of Last Jedi arguments I sometimes stumble into, and sometimes taking part of, people say... Oh, like Porgs, for example, were just mm. for merch purposes. And then I point to Shadows of the Empire, yeah, yeah, where yeah. George Lucas said, I would like to get merchandising for a Star Wars film which doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, tell us your experiences with Shadows of the Empire. What, what's the gist of that? Well, I mean, it was just this game that we had, and it had a story. and good, good had story. A, had a kind of cool <laughs> lead guy. It was like he had a mm. bit of Han Solo in him, Dash. His name's Dash. Dash yeah. Render. Yeah, Dash Render. Sounds like sort of the Audi thing in the fifties. Well, like he's like... It sounds like the Audi version of Han Solo, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> like he had a like, he's got like a droid buddy. She's chewing Star Wars droid. equivalent yeah. of Captain Flash art or something from Black. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. That's Poe though, surely. That's Poe Dameron. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But um, all I remember was, I don't even think, I was thinking about it just before I came out to see you guys. I haven't, I don't think I ever finished it. I wasn't that type of gamer. I wasn't the type, I never, I don't think I've ever completed a game in my whole life. (laughs) Or at least without um, a cooler friend coming over and just taking Mm. the controls off me for a day to get me to a level I wanted to go Mm. to. All I know was I got to fight IGA88, which is like a huge thing for me because I fucking love IGA88. I remember reading... Uh, Tales of the Bounty Hunters, the extended universe. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, I uh, think book. I remember that. Yeah, it was yeah. an anthology book, and it was fucking great. And IJ Tate's story was fucking bone chilling. Like he's like the equivalent of Doctor No, but a droid, mm-hmm. and he killed every other version of him <laughs> within say, seconds he... of being born. Wow. Uh, he made Cloud City fall. Um, oh my god! No, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. That's 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 uh, EV99 did that. She's like a terrorist. I know. I know. <laughs> I remember this because me and my brother, my twin brother, we wrote fan fiction when we were young, mm-hmm. where IJ Tate battles EV99, and it was like the Batman versus Superman of the of oh, droids really? in Star Wars. Yeah. Oh my god. In uh, your mind, because my she, young because Padawan. because the extended universe is basically presented IJ Tate as this essentially sociopathic uh, Terminator droid who had just who was just a pox on the universe and ev99 who's this sadistic kind of uh, droid terrorist and they both get their comeuppance in the end and the way that the ig88 uh, book ended was that he downloads his consciousness into the second death death star and then gets blown up Oh. The extended universe is fucking insane. Yeah, I know, it? man. It's crazy. Like Droid he thinks, terrorists. He thinks, Haha, this is this is the smartest thing I could do, and it's like fuck. The safest place in the galaxy. <laughs> exactly. Like all those people crying over Disney wiping out the extended universe. Um, but anyway, so we so in Shadows of the Empire, I just remember that you you get to fight IGATA on Ord Mantel on Ord Mantel, the planet Ord Mantel. It's like a junkyard planet. I understood that reference. And then you also get to fight Boba Fett. In a jetpack battle, so you get to at one point you get to be on a uh, what do you call it one of those uh, speeder bikes, mm-hmm. those um, the ones they have in um, Endor, mm-hmm. um, which is the first time I ever got to do that in, a, in a video game. And you made I got that to have a jetpack like... in a video game, and I got to mm, fly to an asteroid field. Not enough jetpacks in video games. Video, I mean, jetpacks are the best. <laughs> like they're so cool. Like you actually have to con- keep them under control. It's actually really hard to fight Boba Fett because he's on a jetpack and you're on a jetpack, and you're. Spending half the time just trying to make sure he doesn't hit you, let yeah. alone hit him. So you're kind of doing these weird strafing runs past yeah, each other. Yeah, you can strafe up and down and left and right. Exactly, you're like little moths sure. trying to fuck. Like, it's just really weird. I'm sure Boba Fett's finding it equally frustrating, so there's that, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then I don't think I ever got to the end, but I just remember it being But did good. Shadows of the Empire, does that game that kicks off with, like, 
the Hoth battle. Yes. Know? Because it seems like you can't make a Star Wars game without the Hoth battle. It's like the sort of go-to. Every single mm. Star Wars game seems like, you don't have the Battle of Hoth in there somewhere because you don't mm. do the thing where you go around the Asat well, it's walkers it's the best battle. Yeah, I got confused. It's I thought you were talking battle. about David Hasselhoff for a moment. Yeah, the Battle of for Hoth. The Battle of Hoth. <laughs> Hoth battle. <laughs> Um, yeah, it became it's really easy to clothesline uh, David Hasselhoff if you go for the legs. <laughs> yes. yes, that's his only way of stopping him. He's like, oh, <laughs> down I go. <laughs> um, so Hoth showed up in in a bunch of Star Wars games, but I mean, especially when you've just got the the original trilogy, there's really only three or four big battles you can recreate. Mm. Yeah, I would like going right to the start, like the first Star Wars arcade game, for instance. Mm-hmm. That's just the sort of Death Star yeah. run. and Multiple times, as I discovered. But it's it's the... And later on, the same arcade, they could download a conversion pack, or they could receive a conversion pack and turn the original Star Wars arcade game into an Empire Strikes Back arcade mm-hmm. game as well, doing the Battle of Hoth. But what's good about that is that it just... It is just one sequence, hmm. but it's a good sequence. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, I mean, it's very cool. You have the sort of vector graphics and the fact, like, again, it's in space and it's an arcade machine and it, it it's a, like a cockpit style thing. Mm. So it's very, mm. just like in the original film, uh, A New Hope, there's lots of POV shots. There's lots of cockpit shots. It's meant to be very immersive, even the very start of the first movie. And you have the Star Destroyer going overhead. Mm. The idea is to try and make it big yeah. and immersive as much as possible. And so you look at Star Wars Arcade trying to replicate that feeling. And then even a more recent version of that, you have Star Wars Battle Pod, which is a Star Wars Arcade experience thing, but it's like a kind of curved screen and you're in this sort of Ooh. big sort of tilting Was it like, what, like machine a proto pod. VR kind of thing? It's it's not, yeah, it's not quite VR, but it's just like a sort of immersive... Kind of Universal Studios style ride yeah, type but, thing. Yeah, but just in an arcade. I wish so you could like see you all strap like... yourself in and kind of twist around or a little bit. doing all these hand gestures and body <laughs> movements like he's in like an Imaginator ride or something. It's kind of incredible. Um, For the people listening to the podcast, yeah. <laughs> there's a, um, a lot of uh, pop and locking going on right yeah. now. In the- <laughs> well, no, the Star Wars arcade game, I, I played that. That happened to be at my arcade, so I had did play that a bunch when I was a kid, and I watched it on YouTube um, the other day, and despite the simple graphics, I think it really really feels very like Star Wars. And I think mm. the, the graphics actually are very reminiscent of what's seen in the film when they mm. do the Death Star yeah. trench run sort of briefing. And um, you've got like very fuzzy sound effects with uh, Sir Alec Guinness. Certainly when, when Sir Alec Guinness, who famously disliked his association <laughs> with Star Wars, whenever he shows up in like a NES game telling you to like pick up the lightsaber icon or something, yeah. it always tickles me. <laughs> he must be spinning in his grave. But um, It's mixed messages, Alec. So that very basic Star Wars game uh, really caught the feel, but I guess what didn't really catch the feel are the aforementioned Star Wars games on the NES. All these early Star Wars platformers are excruciatingly difficult. I think <laughs> um, none more so than perhaps Super Star Wars, which is, I think, another one of the big games on my radar where they the Star Wars trilogy on the SNES, they looked gorgeous, but the opening levels were always next to pretty much impossible. And I know Yoda's got this whole do or do not thing, but fucking hell... 
I tried so hard to get past level one, <laughs> and I don't get there. And it's all—it's like a run and gun shooter, like um, Contra. But I think Contra has a bit more flexibility in where you're shooting. So there's quite a few at the knee enemies that you can only ever hit if you are kneeling beside them. And I don't know if you've ever squat walked towards a, a spitting scorpion. But it's, <laughs> it's quite difficult and terrifying. And I, I just, I just, I just remember playing this game and. I fortunately didn't buy it, but I definitely didn't get past the first level. Hmm. I, I think it was probably the N64 around about that time mm. where started to play a bit more. And I guess, you know, after Shadows of the Empire, the big one was the Rogue Squadron Love uh, Rogue series. Squadron. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah think... Rogue Squadron on the N64, uh, made by Factor 5 and, and Lucas Arts. Um, I guess LucasArts is obviously quite a big name in, in video games in general, really, aren't they? Because of um, Monkey Island, specifically, <laughs> um, which were hella good point-and-click adventures. But, yeah, I feel like the Rogue Squadron games are, are kind of the bar, really. I know there's mm. like hardcore PC gamers who like the um, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter games, or the X-Wing okay. games. But yeah, TIE I... Fighters, um, I've got a friend of mine who still plays it today. Really? Yeah, <laughs> TIE Fighter, and it's it's just it's considered one of the best, I guess, kind of combat shooter right. uh, games that ever existed. For actually, actually getting the flight right. And yeah, it's yeah. like a simulation, though, isn't it? It's like... Yeah, but there's a sort of story through it. Apparently, X-Wing versus TIE Fighter, they ditched the story and made it more like a kind of multiplayer They realised that but... the, they were both invented by a woman named Mark. And then they just call it off. That's when versus Dawn of Stupid. So when you think about it, Luke, isn't a very spacey name, isn't it? It's just Luke. No. Could neither is Bob. Ben. I, always, I I do hope there's a, there's an Obi Wan Kenobi show being made. I really want it to be called just Ben. <laughs> Star <laughs> Wars Ben. <laughs> I need oh. to, to know what his mother's maiden name. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> But yeah, so Kent. I didn't really have PC games, so I didn't play much of X-Wing vs. TIE Fighter, but I found them a little bit oh, impenetrable. But um, the Rogue Squadron game was very arcadey, mm. and I thought it had really great um, flight mechanics, and I mm. remember playing it. I think a TIE Fighter was following me, <laughs> and in my X-Wing I did a loop-de-loop, a corkscrew, and I came up behind it, shot the X-Wing, and managed to fly under a bridge at the same time. And I was like, yes! I like threw down the controller, and I felt none more yeah. just alive. Do you have playing. a, a favourite uh, ve- vehicle of choice? You know what? I love the A-Wing. Me too! That's <laughs> what I was going to say! Now, it's apparently that's a... Con- you said you were contrary. A lot of people seem to not like it, but I, I think it's like a speedster. Exactly. And it's got weak shields. It's sexy. But it's lovely. It's sexy. You know, so What's people, your favourite, yeah, yeah. Rory? Uh, Y-Wing. No, the Y-Wing can't handle for shit. The, the handling <laughs> on the Y-Wing, it just kind of... It's drops some bombs. It just kind of like plows forward. It's almost impossible to turn. It's the tortoise and the hare. <laughs> it's Rory is the, the tortoise. Alliance. Slow <laughs> yeah. and steady wins the... Oh, that's actually saves too the true. We're Listen. both we're both rabbits here. <laughs> just got a bunch of Gungans in the back <laughs> putting little blue orbs ready to drop. Drop. I got my Gungans in the back. <laughs> um, also, in that game, you could you could uh, bullseye Womp Rats with your T16 down it's... Beggar's Canyon. Yeah. That was always cool. Living the dream. <laughs> Although you couldn't, there were no Womp Rats. It's like, what's the point of giving us Beggar's Canyon and the T16 I think they're rec- not giving us some where Womp Rats my, to where, shoot? Where my Womp Rats at? Yeah, that's the whole point of, that's the only reason we want to go there. <laughs> but um, in talking about like the wider Star Wars sort of universe... 
and extended media actually one thing one thing which sticks in my craw i suppose which is also highlighted in Rose squadron is that you start to do things like trip over walkers mm. with your snow speeders um before the battle of hoth and then when you get to battle of hoth they sort of work it out again um <laughs> it kind of reminds me of the star wars comics which are kind of excellent but when when Luke meets Vader on Cloud City and Empire Strikes Back, you get real sense that this is the first time they've met yeah. since like he killed Obi Wan, since Vader killed Obi Wan. But in the comics, Vader and Luke meet repeatedly, yeah. and it just seems like oh you again. <laughs> yeah. It just seems, and, and, and this, that's the problem with the Star all sorts of Star Wars games and the Star Wars Extended Universe and all that yeah. jazz. So, just too much stuff seems to happen yeah. to comfortably comprehend. Yeah, same thing with the, the Clone Wars TV series where it's like, um, in, you know, Revenge of the Sith, it's like, my powers have doubled since we last met Count, which is obviously a like, reference to Attack of the Clones. It's like, which of the 15 times yeah. <laughs> have you been doubling every single time? Because yeah. you must it's be fucking like, off the chain by this point, mate. since? It's just like, but it's been incremental in between. Yeah. yeah. So it's been 5% each time and it now has, we've hit 100. It has pent Tupled since yeah. the last time. Quin quintupled. But that's the thing with setting all these kind of ancillary um, spin-offs and things within just a finite, you know, seventy years of or something, you know, of this mm. Skywalker saga. And you know, if we look at another big title in the Star Wars um, video game canon, the Knights of the Old Republic games, mm. they are set four thousand years or so mm. before. You know, the birth of Jesus. <laughs> I mean, uh, we Sorry, don't know Anakin. how far a long, long time ago is in the Star Wars yeah. realm. BC so. before Carrie. Yeah, before yeah. Carrie. Before Carrie. Um, Four thousand years is quite a jump, and they've still got lightsabers, and they still dress exactly the same, and spaceships, and spaceships and stuff. Mm. So yeah, that's annoying. You'd, I would love to see like a proper I mean, medieval styles. I take it. Yeah. I take it the three of us. Neither of us have played Knights of the Republic. So, I mean, by, that is the big elephant in the room because I think if you bring up Star Wars games, people will immediately gravitate towards that. And you mentioned medieval stuff. From the videos I saw, they actually do have swords for a bunch of times. They do that's get to cool. lightsabers, but oh, that's yeah. something I like to see, actual stabbings. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but it's also got like a really affecting plot. So, so I guess spoilers for those who really care about this game <laughs> but um it's got one of the biggest sort of twists of of the time which was you you end up you think you're playing like a jedi but it turns out you're a, a sith lord <sighs> who's lost their memory love it i think because it's also got uh, is it bioware's light and dark sort of binary choices which we also did in mass effect in the later games right. i think really people felt a really strong connection to their characters and the story and um i i do um, i'm very upset that i've not got to play them mm. but yeah. i think they're available on steam though so it's definitely worth checking out I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah they're, they're, they're definitely like in terms of the story and the way the games are they're you know, considered not just amongst the best Star Wars games, but um, amongst the best sort of games that have been made, particularly in terms of like the plot. People um, uh, single out for Knights of the Old Republic 2. There's a character called Kriya, who's meant to be one of the best sort of characters in video games. Mm. And I know the films do it, of course, to an extent, but the games, because you have a longer time to let characters and story bed in, it means they can really play around more with 
you know, these light and dark issues yeah, and yeah. good and bad and sort of moral ambiguity and everything in between. Mm. Um, I mean, when you're talking about just skipping, it's the same with The Mandalorian, where after two... Actually, Mandalorian episodes are half hour long, I hear, but after like four or five Mandalorian episodes, you've got more Star Wars content than yeah. you might have had in the whole trilogy. Yeah, like that long-form storytelling, essentially, mm. is what, yeah, what you're talking about, where you actually get to kind of live with the characters a bit. Bring her to me. All Republic forces, pull back! It is too late to retreat, Admiral. There is no escape for us. You are strong, child, but I will break you. I'll never fall to the dark side. This is but a taste of the dark side. I mean, one, one thing I loved about Star Wars before the new films came along is that every single British person in Star Wars was a cunt. <laughs> and I loved, loved, loved just all the British actors, half of which were on Grange Hill or something, <laughs> um, being just yeah. so deliciously evil. Yeah. And um, the games embraced this. So there was the, the baddie was called Moff Searden, is his name, and he was so British. And Now we know what Searden's stands for. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, I think there was an Imperial Defector in Rogue Squadron, um, and when the defector meets the moth, and by the way, this is all done voiceover looking at spaceships, you never actually see a, a human being, mm. <laughs> but he's just like, oh, you've joined us, you've scurried off to the Rebel <laughs> Alliance. <laughs> and, and this extends to my favourite bit in all Styles video games, I think it was in the GameCube game Rebel Strike, where one of Rogue Squadron had a British accent. See, that not, right, was it, was it because he was a defector? Yes! Right, okay, <laughs> no, that's good. No, no, that's what good. happens was, it, one of the, he, he starts with a British accent. I said, like, I, I bet this guy's going to portray the Rebel Alliance. And he right. fucking does. Oh, no. And I, I loved it. See, uh, no, I would have been okay with it if he was a he was an Imperial defector. Like, he was English he, had he come was to, originally Imperial. No. That would have been great. No, it went the other way. So, Fuck. just Re, Re, Luke Skywalker had this British friend <laughs> who turns out to betray the Rebel Alliance. And I actually loved that because it was kind of like, yeah. it was kind of racist. But I loved it. <laughs> no, but no, but see, this is actually one of my weird little because uh, uh, I I actually really quite like um, Rogue One, the film. Yes, no, that's really I good. Quite, I really like Rogue One. It's, but, it's um, fan service. I, I don't. Love it. I yeah, but I don't like the one thing I would I, I would have changed is I just would have got Felicity Jones to do an American accent yeah. because it and also half the Rebel Alliance is Sunday English in you, that you, film because they shot over here and it's like colonialism in colonialism, general yeah and but, it's like so so suddenly have a bunch of like Rada sounding good guys doesn't make any sense yeah. in Star Wars but they did that in um, this is what I'm saying in Force Awakens Daisy Ridley much as I love her um, mm. she that's entirely her fault <laughs> no but <laughs> by having a British hero uh, it, it got it ruined my whole theory about how well ooh. we don't know that do we oh yes she might actually be she might be dark grey I mean it's the yes in the trailer for Rise of Skywalker she has a, a red lightsaber so <laughs> maybe just maybe she'll say I had a British <clears throat> space British accent <laughs> um, it was space obvious British. <laughs> space British yeah. so anyway one of the best ever secrets in all of video games 
was that a code was released for Rogue Squadron something like a year after the game came out to coincide with the release of Episode 1. Because mm. you could type in the code and get the Naboo Starfighter. <gasps> um, uh, on, on, and it had been sat there in the code for... It wouldn't have been patched or anything no, back in the day. It, it was, was on the cart or nothing. secret code. So this, this Naboo Starfighter had to be developed and, and put in the game and shipped and all the game genies and everything didn't find it. The and then the machine. And then, you know, this was before the... Well, it wasn't before the internet because famously episode one was like the first big internet trailer. Yeah. But I just remember learning of this code... And then, like, having to wait to get home to put it in, and, and it worked, and it was amazing. And then that begat, like, a year or so later, uh, Battle for Naboo on the N64, oh. which, again, I played, and it wasn't as good. No. Um, mainly because, uh, whereas Rogue Squadron, you got to shoot TIE Fighters, in Battle for Naboo, you got to shoot tiny little robots, which, <laughs> which you could barely see on the fuzzy CRT... Yeah. analog thing so you know that bit at the end of the phantom menace where there are, our heroes are about to pounce and, and, and spring their trap and there's this little green speeder with a little good turret on the back and it shoots oh yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah. that's basically the game <laughs> so you, you get you get to play this one bit like in rogue squadron you get to do like the dead star trench run and all the bits mm, you recognize mm, or at least some um, mm. proxies but in Battle for Naboo, the only bit which shows up in the film is this teeny tiny little bit where you shoot a gun at a door. Not <laughs> um, saying that it was, um, it filled out the film a bit because, as I said, as um, the Phantom Menace, we follow our quote unquote heroes to Coruscant to do sweet FA. Battle for Naboo takes place with with the people of Naboo while that Ooh, is happening freedom fighting. so you're playing you're playing the French resistance you are there's a there's a line mentioned in the film where um, one of the sort of racist Japanese oh my um, god Nemoidians the, yeah. the park yeah, oh said, my god take them to camp four you in the game go to camp four and release the people in camp four and so it did fill out fill out the world a bit but it's one of these sad N64 games which I think are borderline unplayable now yeah. because of the frame rate and the and the fog and stuff but give us an HD remake man but yeah. one of the uh, I guess the other key N64 episode 1 title was episode 1 racer the pod racing yeah, game yes that, yeah I remember that one so much yeah because uh, like as we said with Battle of Half and Star Wars Arcade you know it just like pits a segment of the movie which was clearly like I don't know, apart from Darth Maul's dual lightsaber was like mm. the big kind of wow mm. shot mm. in this episode mm. one trailer. It's, it's still awesome in the film. Let's not yeah. beat around the bush. Oh, yeah, yeah, Best yeah. bit of the film. Oh, I mean, God, God knows yeah. why you'd sit in the desert for 10 hours waiting for a three lap race. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, I mean, I guess this might be a good point to talk about the inter where games show up in Star Wars. Um, because I think watching... The Phantom Menace, you watch this bit of the film and think, this is F-Zero. This is Wipeout. Yeah, yeah, This yeah. is, um, I mean, let's talk about the game a little bit. You said you've, that was like one of the other big mm. Star Wars games you played. And uh, there is the track based on, is it the, like the Booter Eve? Yes, the Booter Red? Eve. Yeah, Booter yeah, Eve. yeah. Um, I must have played that particular track a billion times. Um, yeah, yeah. You could actually, you could set up the controllers so you'd have an N64 controller on each hand. Did you know that? No. You'd, you'd, play, you'd stick it. Well, you could play against yourself? No, it was like, you know how 
I mean, if you've ever seen, oh, pod, see. you, you, you hold a two, you control a, wow. each individual engine. So you could, if you really wanted to ruin your fun, yeah. um, <laughs> play play it with like a controller, a stick in each hand and like really feel like you're Anakin Skywalker. And we can't solve world hunger. No. This is, <laughs> oh my God. Um, <laughs> That's amazing though. I, I always really appreciated the, the pod races that took place on other planets though. Yes. Because those are the bits that we hadn't seen. Like uh, I feel like inevitably the Boonta Eve it always ended inevitably slightly paled in comparison to the actual film because, you know, you're like, oh, they may have accurately recreated this in mm. computer graphics, but it just kind of doesn't feel as big for some reason. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you, you're, there's a bit where you always crash and then you start to hate that one bit. And you're like, I hate this bit. I know I don't. I, I wish it was a one lap, a, 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 a two thirds of one lap race. So I don't <laughs> have to do that bit. But then you'd suddenly be on like an ice planet somewhere or there'll be a planet where there's like zero G for a bit of it or whatever. You're like floating up and doing stuff. And uh, did you guys, did you have a favorite racer? Mine was uh, Aldar Bidu. He's the one who has four engines. Oh, and do the only engines fly off into space in, in A Phantom Menace? Oh, no, 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 no. That was um, Team... No, that's not Team Topaglis. That's Ben Quadraneros. See, I know all the names. <laughs> I know all the names. Ben Quadraneros is the one... With, no, he was a quadrupod as well. Uh, Al Darbido had, had... He had four engines, but they were attached. So it was technically a two-engine, but they had four boosters. So it meant that his uh, boost... It, I mean, the way I kind of like... They probably were all identical. In terms of <laughs> but if you had told like if his made boost, up a name, yeah. we wouldn't have known. <laughs> oh, come on, man. Uh, but me and my brother liked it so much that uh, we also made some fan fiction about him. I think I wrote a whole pod race, a uh, short story about a bunch of psychotic pit droids who are just trying... They want to win so badly, they almost kill the driver. Oh, right, okay. That was essentially what happened. It was taking place during the Boonta Eve because we um, never really see what happens to him in the film, mm. that particular pod. And this is the type of way that my brain works. Fill in the gaps. Star Wars is, yeah. if anything, is fulfilling in the gaps. Yes. Um, I mean, I actually went to starwars.com and found everything I needed to know about pod racing. Mm-hmm. So from starwars.com, one of the most popular and dangerous racing sports ever is pod racing. Uh, the spectacular sport evolved from primitive races held with animal-drawn carts and races with so-called Hanno speeders. The birth of modern pod racing took place when Gustav Wenbus entered a race <laughs> with a special pod designed by a mechanic called Theobos? That's, that's, that's a real mouthful. Theobos is <laughs> How many Fs? No, it, it actually looks like Phobos, actually. It's just Phobos, Phobos but with an E. Oh. Um, Phobos's pod racer combined a repulsor lift pod with flaming jet engines, hmm. a combination that would propel pod racing into an incredibly fast and dangerous sport. Welcome to Tatooine, pod race fans. Our glorious host, Jabba the Hutt, has moved into the arena. Ha ha ha! Jabba the Hutt! Well, I went deeper down into, like, sports within Star Wars, and not all of them were very imaginative. I mean, of course, we've got the hollow chess, which we actually see hmm. in uh, Star Wars, the first one, but then multiple times. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, it's called Dejaric. And there's so many rules. <laughs> um, uh, like, go to Wikipedia if you want to know all the different fucking versions of the Jarek wow. as well. Oh my god, it's, the, yeah, it's the three-dimensional chess mm-hmm. of uh, Star Wars. There's Sabacc, yeah. which is the card game which Han 
uh, won the Millennium Falcon from Lando on. But then there's also like, there's a bit in um, Attack of the Clones where they go into a, a gambling bar called the Outlander Gambling Club. Mm. And there's there's footage on video screens of pod racing, but also grav ball, which is American football plus netball plus a bit of hockey. Yeah, but there's also played by droids. But played by droids. Can you can you, without looking, can you guess what the game Green Putt is? Uh, golf. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to come up something with something amusing, but no, it's, no. The, the literal it's descri- George Lucas the in the li- early noughties, so it li- had to be. Gone. The literal description is: each player hits a tiny ball into a remote hole, and <laughs> one one of the um, leagues is called the Not Dead Yet Professional Green Putter League. Like every single time, uh, extended universe author wanted to come up with a sport. Um, but was on a deadline. <laughs> you would have come up with something like Green Putt. I can see why they're not going to do a Star Wars sports movie anytime soon. Well, they, in um, Last Jedi, they had uh, racing, didn't they? Oh, the, shit, on, they on the, did. On the, I uh, with the, those big camel... The uh, plot line from the Darkest lizards. Timeline or whatever, whatever the fans think it is. Like the, mm. the weird um, uh, casino Oh, they are called... Let's the, oh, God. I could hear all the anti-Last Jedi people saying, see, it's not iconic, you can't remember it. I think they're called Falmers. Falmers. But it's basically horse racing. No, no, and they tickled me in a dark crystal kind of way. It's the same like comic books and, and anything which has lasted too long. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Where the more entry points there are into something, the more your Star Wars or your Captain Marvel or whatever, the more your version is now differing with what the new version is and it yeah. becomes all convoluted and you can either embrace change and remember that there's always going to be you know Star Trek the original series no matter what Star Trek Discovery does yeah exactly you know and but there's some people who think like every single bit of content needs to be made just for them yeah so um well that's that's really interesting because in a way it's like all the bits that uh, have been supposedly damaging of the recent things that have been made like you know such discovery or the last jedi all the things that are seen as bad are the bits that are trying to connect to the old like if they just made a film about finn and ray you know bumbling through the galaxy having fun it would have been great no, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I really like the films that they've made. I don't have, really have a big problem with them. But all the stuff that's controversial is is any attempt to satisfy somebody's love of the thing that it used to be. Well, in a nutshell, Disney had to make a decision when they bought Star Wars. The prequels had proven, in, although obviously massive financial successes, had, had not pleased a, a vocal portion of fans i don't even know if it's a minority or a majority i think the further we get into the future the more people who grew up with the prequels have agency but um they had a choice they either replicated the iconography that you knew and love so there's like create the first order and the rebel (laughs) alliance there's there's literally no reason for them to have all the same looking ships and everything yeah it's really Um, it's just it's just to replicate the iconography iconography you know and love so again going back to how not being a prequel fan 
if, if Lucas had made the sequel trilogy, hmm. you can bet they would not feature X-Wings. They would have something... Yeah. That would be crazy. In fact, actually, it's been recently revealed that I think Lucas... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, Star Wars fans, because I know you want to... <laughs> um, I think he was actually... It was going to go full tilt into Mesichlorians and go to the microscopic level. Wow. And some crazy craziness about how... the I think the main <laughs> characters would be, literally be... Cells. <laughs> it's gonna be like some osmosis some, uh, Jones. Yeah, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be some uh, some Ant Man so, and the Wasp um, shit. Yeah. 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 Anyway, I'm just um. There was gonna just... be a, a, a 45 minute green putt sequence. Um, <laughs> oh god, that would be good. <laughs> like the golf sequence in um, Goldfinger, but you know, oh, it's oh. about credits <laughs> or something. Well, because you were talking about games in Star Wars, there have been, you know, as we said, Star Wars is such a big property. There are so many different kinds of games that could be made from it. So with Pod Racer, there's racing games. It was brought to my attention that there was Star Wars chess on wow. the Sega Mega CD. And the way... But not hollow chess. No. Right. The, the way the game starts, it has an opening crawl, just like... <laughs> you sit down. <laughs> just like any of the Star Wars movies and I'll read it to you it is a time of great competition in the galaxy an uneasy state of peace has been established between the weakened forces of the Galactic Empire and the growing Rebel Alliance during this uncertain period of truce the old adversaries settle their differences through the ancient eternal game of chess chess is in capitals by the way <laughs> okay. with their greatest heroes as champions the Empire and the Rebel Alliance fight battles of the mind it is a new kind of warfare, one that will decide the fate of planets, civilizations, and the future. So, uh, is this Darth Vader like playing chess with somebody else? Well, what happens? All the different characters from the uh, chess, <laughs> <laughs> you know, your favourites, the, the the even more hallowed franchise. Oh yeah, bishops, love them. Um, <laughs> it should have been aliens. Because then you wish you could have had Bishop. <laughs> well, and an I'm alien t- queen! There, oh there, my there god, are alien chess so sets. Good. I'm, I'm 99% oh, sure. But in this, what, the, it's all these little animations of the Star Wars characters. So it's just one of those games making chess even more exciting than it is. Rory did um, air quotes there. <laughs> by the characters meet, and then you watch a little animation of them battle, and it's oh, usually yeah. like a stormtrooper shooting Princess Leia in the chest or something. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, uh, with some, like, um, cool voiceover. So, yes. There's st- Already broken continuity just by him being able to aim properly. <laughs> let um, alone her getting shot in the chest. There was also Star Wars Super... Can, can, can I just say yeah. one thing about the, the crawl yeah, that you yeah. just said? The really sad thing is that that crawl that you just read out was 10 times better than the episode one crawl by a <laughs> mile and it's it was exciting that, it? that was really well written compared <laughs> um, right now go on, no, one of, yeah i was going to talk about the crawl because yes every time a crawl comes out it's one of these hyper focused bit of prose because there's not much text in star wars actually <laughs> and so people have real real thoughts like again one of the tiresome arguments when people want to have a go at the sequel trilogy is like, oh, that doesn't sound like classic Star Wars. And literally almost every bit of Star Wars media has a crawl. And so that that mm. horse has bolted, if you want to say the crawl is something special and unique and should be canonized. There was also Star Wars Super Bombad Racing. <laughs> which was it's got I guess, bad in the title, that's not good. Super Bombad. Which Bomb is, and bad. Yeah. Uh, which was sort of like, I guess, their attempt at Mario Kart, but with like super yeah. deformed characters, like giant head Darth Maul racing 
Giant like Donkey Yoda. Kong mode on yeah, gold yeah, that sort of thing. I don't think it was well received. I think um, I think that the, the failing there is that Pod Racer is pretty much the exact same controls as Mario Kart, mm-hmm. and so if anything, the one thing that that game was missing was like the the frills of Mario Kart. The like power there, ups. there should have been power ups and little like droids that follow mm-hmm. you around, and if you crash into the droid, you get set. like like because really the the real big problem with Pod Racer is once you've started off your engines. It's just don't crash. Yeah. That's the main yeah. objective of skill is just don't crash. Yeah, you're right. So if like if, if they'd made it more not zany, but like just more stuff happening, mm. then it would have been a game that you could play forever. It'd be timeless. I was under the impression that all Star Wars media was supposed to be canon. I'm guessing Bombad Racing <laughs> is is not. Yeah. Like they're halfway through the Phantom Menace and then Darth Maul says, Hey, do you fancy a go-kart race? <laughs> <laughs> but he's driving around well, spinning so, his lightsabers about. So it doesn't have a Gungan connection, because Bombad is what Jar Jar says. Yeah, I, I I it was it was to tie in around the time of episode one, so I'm sure there was yeah. Jar Jar Banks in it as well. But in terms of actually strange, obscure Star Wars games which have made their way into new canon, there is Masters of Terrascasi. Excuse me? It, he, he went for a pronunciation there, like an accent. Well, there's a fictional words. <laughs> there, well, no, 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 no. Because it's pronounced the Bob up there. Because it has umlauts. Don't ask me where, but it definitely has umlauts. And actually, Terrascasi is Finnish nice. for steel hand. Ooh. And they decided to make a 3D Star Wars fighting game. Okay. Which is apparently notoriously bad. And another thing which irks me about Star Wars fans <laughs> is that it's just a shitty fighting game. It was part of the wave of Virtua Fighter clones. and But you'd get people saying, why is Luke and Leia fighting? And it's like, because it's a fighting game. <laughs> yeah, and then, and then The Last Jedi comes out and they're like, why isn't Luke fighting? <laughs> <laughs> But um, bizarrely, that game is name-checked in Solo, a Star Wars story, isn't it? Uh, what's her name? Daenerys Targaryen. She beats the crap out of a guy and then Fleabag the robot. <laughs> I'm very good at names. Fleabot. Fleabot Wallabridge. Fleabot Wallabridge says, where did you learn? What is that? And then um, Daenerys says, Master's a... It's terror. I played it on PlayStation. <laughs> played it on, play- on PS One. She should have said, yeah. But she actually, I mean, that film um, is not super great. But in the reshoots, I think I got loads of fan surfacey stuff added. Mm. Like there is a, I think Paul Bettany owns a, a sort of a crystal skull that appears in the cover of some tie-in novel. So mm. it's like that's well, a one percent. Fan love. If there's one thing we know that Lucas fans like, it's Crystal Skulls. <laughs> very much like Crystal Skulls. Um, so, um, yeah, no, I've actually never played that one, but I'm sort of morbidly curious. And I think there's space for another Star Wars fighting game somewhere down the line. Um, Rogue Squadron 2 on the GameCube was the next big one for me. And that was like a GameCube launch game. And it, it basically took everything that... Rogue Squadron did and used the power of the GameCube to just give the greatest hits. It was pretty much the same gameplay uh, with added Dennis Lawson, aka yeah, Wedge. Wedge. It said it on the fucking box. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, of course. I mean, because also he stayed away from a lot of this for the yeah. rest of his Isn't life. He like, in like, is he like Hobby City or something? Or he's mm, on one of those shows. Yeah, with, with Phantom Menace's Hugh Corshi. Yes. <laughs> and he told uh, Hugh Hugh McGregor, he told Hugh McGregor not to do it. Because he's, he's, he's his, his uncle. uncle. Yeah. He's like, don't do it. And now, 
Ewan McGregor's getting a Disney Plus series. Which is great. In fact, actually, that, that's a lovely little thing. We talk about the, uh, you know, people sniffing at the prequels, but that show's going to fucking crush. Mm. Like, I bet. I, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, they make Star Wars for kids. We were kids when that came out. You give me Ewan McGregor, a slightly older Obi-Wan, in like a meditative story of exile and maybe a bit of western and, and um, you know i'm gonna fucking watch that show i think you actually mean it's gonna be a show where an old man watches as watches a child from a distance <laughs> for like 10 episodes and then then occasionally occa- occasionally luke falls over and he moves to go help and realizes he shouldn't because that breaks canon <laughs> no no it doesn't break canon because in a new hope. Luke knows his name. He goes Ben. Ben Kenobi. So he obviously knows him. Yeah, but he's what's... a guy that he knows. Yeah, he's the weird guy hanging he's out. He's the weird the guy who hangs out. No, in the that's, that's just like no, but that's yeah, like, but, like, urban... so, but you could totally have like be that like he's met him before and they've got into some hijinks together. He just doesn't know that he's a Jedi. He's like the um, uh, the supposed killer in Home Alone. The yes, Kevin McAllister's. That's exactly skin. who he is. Yeah, no, I like that. That's exactly. I like who he that. Is. Or, or Pigeon Lady from the. <laughs> Yes, the, 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 um, she's what she's the light side and he's the dark yes. <laughs> because isn't it true that in Home Alone it's uh, never disproved that he didn't kill those people it's only proved that his son forgives him or something like there's a loophole in Home Alone apparently where it doesn't disprove he's they don't murder. disprove the murder he's clearly them. handy with a shovel because he knocks yeah. out some crooks yeah, yeah. So, like, this ain't um, my first rodeo <laughs> yeah so you heard it here it's basically the Ben Kenobi show is going to be Star Wars meets Home Alone. Um, <laughs> and um, little Luke Skywalker is going to be left on his own. And uh, he uses the Force and uh, an ample supply of micro-machines to uh, stop um, people stealing... Jawas. stealing stuff from his shithole. Jawa Pesci. Um, <laughs> We're the Sandy Bandits. <laughs> <laughs> Sandy Bandits sounds so wrong in a way I can't describe. No worse than the wet bandits of yeah, the sticky exactly. bandits. No, so I think here everything is soft. You know what? Smooth. Sand, sands, I don't know. It gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. Sandy Bandits. <laughs> That's <laughs> the name of our new band, the Sandy Bandits. Yeah. Um, okay, um, although that, that show will get an immediate five stars for me if we finally get to see a crate dragon. Because it's in all the old graphic novels and the books. Like, it's the thing that he impersonates when he first meets um, Luke. You know what a Maybe Crate's he... Dragon is, don't you? Yeah. How um... do you guys know? I thought this was a geeky podcast! For fuck's sake! <laughs> I, know, I know what you meant. Listeners, I didn't know it by listeners, name. Bombard these guys. <laughs> bombard. Yeah, yeah bombard yes. these guys on the internet <laughs> with talking... abuse for not knowing what a Crate <laughs> Dragon talking is. Talking a load of poodoo. Well, I mean, talking about desert creatures, how do you feel about the special edition version of the Sarlacc? Because Ooh. it's got a beak in I special liked editions. I the beak. But no. then I was young. I was the first time I kind of saw those films See, in the cinema was I've, that time. In, it seems to be the received opinion, but that is one of the few improvements. But and they say it's because it no longer looks like a terrifying space vagina. Yeah, it was and a I, sandy bandit. I'm it was like, a, <laughs> the original sandy the old bandit. sandy bandy. I want to see a giant bandy. vagina dentata and <laughs> swallowing bounty hunters. Well, I did get this incredible cross sections of Star Wars, which had an <gasps> intercut of the Sarlacc, and it looked like a living nightmare. And, that really speaks to the dark side of me. I would like to throw a bunch of people into the Sarlacc pit <laughs> they get a de- digested over a thousand years. But there just was, saying. But just as with the Mandalorian, you know, the whole like, idea of Boba Fett being a cool character and then Jango Fett and 
attack of the clones it's just like mm. you exist because i know it's all about mm. clones and all this kind of stuff but like it's just because someone said oh isn't bob effect cool and they're just like let's make more of them yeah <laughs> well, that's, exactly. the, that's the big prequel conversation in a nutshell because there's I think in, in hindsight now, a lot of people say The Phantom Menace is the best one because it's the purest one. Yeah. And everything else is sort of a reaction. And, you know, Lucas is saying, oh, I've got a plan, I've got a plan. I don't really think when he first put pen to paper and created, was it the Journal of the Wills, which was the original name for Star Wars, mm. I don't think he pretend, he thought that Stormtroopers were in actuality the last vestiges of clones of a bounty hunter which who he then, hadn't created yet who then kidnaps Han Solo's carbonated form yeah, for yeah. some reason like, yeah there are the, any, yeah. any Jango Fett's because they're cool my biggest problem I, I always use it as um, the example is in the middle of Revenge of the Sith it's um, it just makes the, the universe smaller mm. which is that Yoda can't meet Chewie it's just yeah. physically impossible you know what I mean? Like I, it's 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 very very unlikely that I could meet uh, Christopher Nolan, <laughs> and I live in the same town as him. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. almost impossible that Chewie would meet Yoda. That it makes it makes the universe tiny. I don't know. Maybe Chewbacca is just a really common name. It could be. It's the Muhammad. I mean, my, of the... my... <laughs> well, no, my biggest my biggest wish for Rise of Skywalker is that it's revealed Ray is called Ray Skywalker. Which is equivalent of calling her John Smith. It's just a very common. Yeah. Skywalker is just a very. Skywalker is just the Smith. Well, actually, it'd be. I mean, if Luke Skywalker is a myth in that in that timeline, then it'd be the Jesus, wouldn't it? It'd be like Jesus. Jesus is Jesus. Yeah, I got that. So which means there's a lot of people called Jesus just because, because of religion. Named, yeah, yeah, everyone just which like. Means oh, there yeah. would probably be a lot of Luke Skywalkers. A lot. Or maybe just Skywalker put around a bit before he went to that island. <laughs> <laughs> making yeah. making the best of the, ch- the fact that the he was he- too old for training if you but know no, what I'm he saying he was like a hero mm. of the of the you know rebel alliance of course it's gonna be you know yeah. Babe Magna what, one big hey. party night in Cong <laughs> uh, uh, yeah but he was celebrating free, free on... from Mara Jade eh guys <laughs> <laughs> finally he... <laughs> your Paul and Jade has been written out of existence I know who Mara Jade <laughs> he can is go, he can go and spread his seed along the galaxy mm. but you know he it, he had his big sort of celebratory party on Endor so there's a lot of yeah Skywalker <laughs> Every baby. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in terms of other games I played, I'm, I'm sort of. The thing is, I've I missed a big bunch of the last generation. So there's games like the Force Unleashed and stuff. Yeah. I've played demos of that. Is that the one where Vader has an apprentice? Well, that's what I'm talking yes, about called, again. About everyone's Star Killer. Yes, which yeah. was yeah, of course, Star yeah. Killer. And you know, again, it's that problem where yeah. like played by that guy who was in a couple of episodes of Battlestar Galactica and Smallville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's got credentials. Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> but everyone recognises his face. As we always say, though, they, he's done something with his life, whereas we're talking, we're doing a podcast yeah. about our fan yeah, fiction. Like, he has royalties for the rest of his life, just <laughs> yeah, for just being a face. The mm. new game is the um, the guy who plays the not-Joker in Gotham, I think. Oh, right, yeah, I recognise that CGI face. Yeah. Mm. But, like, in both the old canon, which got erased, and the new canon, Vader's got so many secret apprentices. It just beggars belief. And I'm just yeah. like, how does he find the time? Just the administration alone. Now, mm. has, have you ever tried setting up a Facebook event and getting people to go? <laughs> it's a freaking nightmare. And I can just imagine Vader saying, looking at a screen, saying, well, they said they're interested, but are they actually, co- are they actually coming? <laughs> not unless they click going. <laughs> but even, see, they, they might even not go, even... Oh, like you call a few days later, Vader's like, "Hey, mate, you said you're going." Oh, sorry, I forgot. <laughs> Bastards! It's I think, like I think, Dakota yeah. Johnson's Christmas party. 
all over again. I think you've you've kind of hit on something there a little bit, I think, about um, what I think... It's almost the problem with the movies as well, but I think games especially, which is that the lightsaber mm. is probably like one of the best sci-fi things ever invented. We can say that. like mm. It's like it's uh, uh, up there with the electric guitar for human invention of just <laughs> sheer badass. It's just such a cool idea. and it, you know. But the problem is, around that time of the, the Force Unleashed, every game had to have a lightsaber. Uh, the, if anything, The Mandalorian is starting to do something good, I think, which is, I think, as far as I know, there hasn't been a lightsaber yet. We need, we need to kind of have some time away from it because yeah. we've got lightsaber fatigue. It's like it's like if you went to see the Star Wars film and they just played the Star Wars theme every five minutes, mm. you know. It's just mm. like you have to save yeah. those things so it creates something special exactly. about it. And it's yeah. it's I guess it's the same with the games, is that the problem that they've often had is that everyone wants to play a game with a lightsaber. Yeah. But it's not so easy to actually make a game where mm. it's as satisfying or as well, good as it looks. I can't believe the Nintendo Wii came and went and they never made a lightsaber game. So yeah. crazy. It was designed for that. It looks like a lightsaber. Yes. But they didn't. They did a... There's a, No More Heroes is a favourite game of ours and um, that's got a beam katana in mm. it which is... A, which, But you just waggle the stick. You don't actually mm. angle it. But when you were talking about like with the Force Unleashed so at the same time as a tie-in... Mm. They had the apprentice character from that appear in Soul Calibur 4, mm, which wow. is the sort of fighting game with weapons. So it's all about weapons. But also, if you had the Xbox version, you could have Yoda as a character. Mm. And if you had the PlayStation version, you'd have Darth Vader as a character. It was a PlayStation. Isn't that one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Heroes are not born from wars. They arise in order to stop war. My task is to stop you. So, you've chosen to die here. Battle 1. Fight! Has there ever been a Star Wars game that has a character that's so well-loved that they might make it into film so, cast? That's a very good question. Hmm. There's, um... Because, the, you know, yeah, yeah. What's well, it called? Well, um, one springs Rebels to mind. And, uh, Rebels and um, Clone Wars have managed to get into something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, something interesting happened recently. Um, one of the games I really enjoyed... Uh, on the GameCube, but it's also a PC game. Is uh, it's got the word Jedi in it twice. <laughs> it's called Star Wars Jedi Knight Two Jedi Outcast, and that's yeah, I know. Starring Andre Three Thousand and Big Boy, <laughs> <laughs> the the Johnny Cash autobiography, Cash by Johnny Cash. Exactly. <laughs> um, so the main character that is called Carl Gatan, and like a lot of these Star Wars characters, like video game characters, like Dash Render, he's like a he's what's he's a Mary Sue. Because he's like right. an outlaw, a rebel, he's a Han Solo clone, but he's also a Jedi. Oh, of course. <laughs> and, um, See, yeah. He's everything in the kitchen sink. And in the second, in the first game, he is more like a first person shooter. Yes, um, just the this... first game was Dark Forces, yes. which I remember playing. A Doom clone. Well, that was the thing, because like, these games were called Doom clones. Mm-hmm. When like they thought, maybe, I don't know, it was like Flash in the Pan, but like, everyone just, it's first person shooter now. But it's just mm-hmm. funny, there was a period mm-hmm. where it was just like, Doom clone was the name you called any game where it's like first person perspective and hmm. shooter. But I, I remember that being actually quite atmospheric. And yes. I think with these Star Wars games is that as soon as you the sound, add the sound, music. add the music and add that thing, it just like, you know, creates the sort of like feel of the film. So I think Dark Forces was definitely sort of very memorable for that. But mm. then it spun off into these Jedi Knight 
yeah. games. Mm. I um, mean, one of the reasons I love Shadows of the Empire is because by playing that for hours and hours, it meant I was listening to John Williams's music mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. loop, essentially. Mm. And they were f- it's just beautiful stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's that, you're right, it's, it creates that sense of, of yeah. That, Spotify that, revealed that. my artist of the decade was John Williams, and I don't even mm. think I've listened to that much, but he must be something I consistently return to mm-hmm. over the space of a decade. But Karkatan, I mean, his story, and this is all pre- the purge Disney did of the extended universe, but his story sort of intertwines with what Luke Skywalker did after Return of a Jedi, and that he comes under Luke Skywalker's Jedi training care, and you spend a good portion of that game swinging a lightsaber around in, in clunky but still quite fun lightsaber battles. And what's what happened recently is that that game got re-released on the Nintendo Switch. And in this day and age, it seems very unusual that something with the old canon gets even mm. acknowledged. Mm. And I could potentially see him maybe showing up in some form, definitely as a for the fans sort of... I mean, actually, his time frame is the Mandalorian time frame. Oh, interesting. So yeah. I could very much... I think so. Yeah, so it's all doing with the Imperial Remnant, as it's called in the games. So I think he might he might be popular enough to show up as like a side character... But I think, I mean, this is a question which has been on the tip of my tongue throughout this podcast. All these Star Wars games are based on component parts of Star Wars. There's a few tie-in ones telling the, the sort of the plot of Star Wars. But I'd say there's uh, there's flight sim games. There's apparently chess games. <laughs> yeah. There's lightsaber battle games. Yeah. Uh, driving games. But... um. Sort of like how the all James Bond video games seem to be him going on a complete genocide or murder spree and don't yeah. really have things like him playing cards, wooing ladies, being slightly misogynistic and, and racist. Do you think there's a perfect Star Wars game has been made? Do you think there is... Mm. What would be a, a perfect Star Wars game? Because I think a lot of people respond to the stories and the characters yeah. most of all. I guess there was... Because there was like a Star Wars MMO game wasn't there Star Wars I think galaxies? Star Wars galaxies and mm. I mean I guess it depends what like as there was like Star Wars real time strategy games there's quite mm. a few of those which are quite popular obviously emphasizing the wars aspect to it so I think because it's such a big universe it's hard to find one game which is going to really mm. you know just like making a Star Wars film like appeal to to everyone one struggle I think the Star Wars films face as opposed to the Marvel films because every Marvel film has like is a different genre, but I think the Star Wars genre is, is very narrow. Because it, mm. it is a Star Wars film, a Star Wars film without a lightsaber in it or a s- yeah. space battle in it and stuff. Yeah. But I was just interested because, like I said, yeah. I don't know how many more times I can play the fucking Planet of Hoth. I th- well, that that's what I was going to say actually in answer to that question. I think that it's not currently. I don't think there is a perfect Star Wars game. Mm-hmm. I think that at the moment the only thing we could hope to which in fact they've already done about 10 times over is make a Star Wars game that is perfectly that perfectly recreates mm. the look of Star Wars like remember when Battlefront came out and it was just like look how real Endor looks and the leaves <laughs> are all the same it really looks like you're in the Redwood Forest and all that kind and of then, stuff yeah. and then Hoth is there but it's the Hothiest Hoth you've ever Hothed <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. and it's like so all you can do is make is it's like Terminator Genesis you can just we like we can make it as 
as detailed recreation as possible, but it's got no soul. And also, we talked about it a little bit earlier, and there was a lot of this with the Force Unleashed, which is, and I see this all over fandom, so I may rub rub some people the wrong way by saying this, but I'm, I'm real. Star Wars fans seem to be pretty cool. All right, cool. <laughs> you guys, mind. yeah, just yeah, sit still for a second. Listen to this. Is uh, the kind of the illusion, the fallacy of badassery, mm. the fetishization of badassery. Where you have these characters and they're being worshipped by teenage boys for 30, 40 odd years. And it's basically like, uh, uh, you know, if you look at the trailers for the Force Unleashed games, it's like Darth Vader throwing a whole Star Destroyer at somebody or something yeah. like that. And it's like the, the powers are so jumped up. Somebody mm. had to pay for that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but also it's like, that, and, and then he's like, he meets them at dinner and he just like manages to just take one gun out of like, you know, Han Solo's hand or whatever. Mm. And it's like, there's no way anyone would be able to fight this guy and win. And also it's it's that thing of, they th- it's all wrapped up in violence is it so much in, mm. in fandom it's like you know characters like the Punisher and Venom are like oh, the badass it's like the same thing with um like the Arkham games and stuff where it's like suddenly all the women look like prostitutes and all the it's all just as violent and unpleasant as it could possibly make yeah. whereas a real Star Wars movie is actually quite sweet Hmm. And kind of adventurous and fun. So, like, yeah. if I think a perfect Star Wars game would probably be one that has its own story, completely original characters, and just does its own thing, like fucking Crash Bandicoot or something. It just, like, <laughs> just shows up. There's some fucking awesome, cool characters who have a sweetness and a heart, mm. and they just bounce around having fun, and it's set in the Star Wars universe. It's like how in Attack of the Clones they have the Yoda lightsaber fight with mm. Christopher Lee, and mm. it's just like, you've turned this character, and it's just like... Yeah. The moment he gets his lightsaber out and everyone whoops and cheers, but then you look back at it, it's just like, well, you kind of just like... Character you, assassinated you Yoda. You just sort of like, you know, <laughs> turned him into a badass. It's like, we never needed Yoda as a badass. We yeah. always needed him as like, I'm sure like, he's great with a lightsaber, great, but we don't need to see that. And he's the just... one who lifts the, he lifts the, the X-Wing yeah. just mm. because, even though he's the littlest, frailest thing. Yeah. I think... Mean, my big problem with the prequels. Sorry if you've heard people ratting on the prequels. Hot take. <laughs> <laughs> it's only been twenty years. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Let it go. Here's me saying people are moaning about Last Jedi two years later. <laughs> Let me tell you about the prequels. Finally, um, we can see objectively. No, but um, you know, Yoda did say that Jedi uses the Force for knowledge and defense, never for attack. Yes. And then he walks. He keeps walking into rooms to fuck up a Sith Lord. Yeah, and, um, yeah, yeah. And he and, just. Yeah. And I know, like, there's a. Li- he's meant to be sad that the Clone Wars have started, but mm. he seems to flip to War General pretty damn quickly. Yeah. And um, one thing I <laughs> love again, about he'll throw a lightsaber into a stormtrooper's chest and I then know. jump on his head and so he can pull it out I'm and sure... then start killing some more guys. What, what's happened to you? Don't need to see my identification. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Just, no, I actually think it's be much easier to murder Here's everyone. my identification. Flip. They're real. They're real. True lies, Yoda. <laughs> they only, they're only clones, fuck mothers. Um, now I'm just trying to do Yoda swearing that I didn't know. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, again, one thing, spoilers for The Last Jedi. I yeah. mean, again, Luke Skywalker, he doesn't strike a single blow onto yeah. Kylo at the end. He uses it for knowledge and defence and not for attack. And exactly that's true. properly Zen and Star Wars y. And so I mm. guess crucially, there's your problem with a Star Wars video game. Because yeah. as, as last Jedi I mean for as much as I love that film It'll be a hard fit for a video game because it's effectively arguing with your boss <laughs> if you're playing Poe's mission, arguing with Luke and getting nothing out of it, 
I guess actually, you know how Metal Gear Solid has the sort of radio talking? That would be Ray and Kylo sort of messaging each other. And then, then Luke's big finale is not doing anything. <laughs> it would be a quick time event where you tap B a lot. Yeah. In fact, actually, that reminds me, um, just going back to the games I've played, the third and final uh, Rogue Squadron game was Rogue Squadron 3 Rebel Strike, which did the ill-advised on-foot mission. So it had the had about five really good flying missions and then a lot of on-foot stuff so they could have every little itty bit of Star Wars which hadn't been done yet. Mm. And this included Yoda training you to be a Jedi with the immortal line, press the B button to call on the Force. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt that's, that just feels wrong. I'm, I'm doing a handstand in a swamp and he talks about... Hey, hey, if the Force is everywhere... It's not. He's not saying it's not on the B button. Mm, it's true. It's true. <laughs> Seeking a perfect Star Wars game, I think the one title we haven't mentioned, probably the greatest thing ever made, was Connect Star Wars. Oh yeah, which featured four mini games using the Xbox Connect, which was, you know, Quest camera, ha- a sort of camera you. which monitors your movement, so it was all motion controlled. So you had a lightsaber style mini game, you had a pod racing mini game, mm-hmm. you had something called Rancor Rampage. Nice. Where I think you play as Rancor just smashing stuff up. Fuck. I, I literally had a dream about being a Jedi stopping a rampage in Rancor once, and I was a bit unnerved to see that in a video game. <laughs> it's like, what do Xbox know about me? But probably the, the highlight for which it is most infamous is Galactic Dance-Off, <laughs> which is a Just Dance-style, motion-controlled, Star Wars-themed dancing simulator, which features Star Wars versions of classic pop traps, including Holler Bat Girl by Gwen Stefani, repurposed as Hologram Girl. Yeah. And that tracks. I think sort of famously Jason Derulo's riding solo is I'm Han Solo, I'm Han Solo, <laughs> I'm Han Solo. Please and, tell me, yeah. Um I think the other one uh, is their version of YMCA. Nice. Renamed Empire Today. Uh, we've got everything that you need to enjoy. You can hang out with all the droids. That nice. sounds. I mean, with in- dancing stormtroopers. I think the only other Star Wars game, the most recent Star Wars game, apart from uh, the Jedi one, <laughs> it's only one. The the re- what's it called? Jedi Fallen Order. Order. Fallen um, Order yeah. I've been playing so my most played game on the Nintendo Switch is Star Wars Pinball. <laughs> uh, it's so good. I'm a big pinball fan. Anyway, I'll never grow tired of Emperor going multi-ball ended <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> You know, in the Darth Vader table, it looks like you're playing inside a... You know how you used to carry your toys in like a big plastic suitcase, which was Darth Vader's face? <laughs> the table opens and you can construct Darth Vader all the while saying, Is Padme all right? And then, <laughs> and then, and then, like, then, you never answer the question, no, just then keeps the, asking. You, keep, you go down another sort of loop-de-loop and he goes, 
in your anger, you've killed her. And it's like a very stilted conversation. <laughs> but... All the droids going... <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, yeah, lots of fun. Uh, so check that one out. That's my mm. recommendation. Only if you're into pinball or Star Wars. If you don't like either of those two things, it's probably not for you. Ooh, I just forgot, actually. I did... I did play another game. Oh, great. Last year. Bonus the one level. in Shepherd's Bush, uh, Westfield Centre. The, the VR thing. Did you go to that? Oh, no. Um, our, was our, that in Shepherd's Bush? Yeah, our brother. Oh, in Westfield. In oh, Westfield. Oh. I did that with my housemates, and it was fucking great. Mm. It no. was really good. Like immersive VR run it, around it was, kind of stuff. It yeah. was immersive VR. You had Alan Tudyk being um, uh, uh, K2SO, mm. and he looked pretty lifelike as well. Like all the... I mean, you could tell it was a video game, but it was almost cinema-level effect. Mm, you were on mm. Mustafar, and they had heaters, so that when you went outside oh. on the landing platform, you suddenly felt hot. Wow. And it has just the right amount of stuff that you like in it. And, you know, you are approaching a dark castle on the horizon, and you're like, I wonder who lives in that dark castle? Oh, shit! You're Count in... Dracula. Yeah, exactly. You get to <laughs> razzling Dracula. <you> know? <laughs> um, but um, that was a really good... That was oh. a great experience. I had a huge amount of fun. I think that was probably the most fun I've had, because you, because you, if the way it's the way the VR works is that you you have this, like, I guess, prop wooden gun thing, mm. but when you it the VR is so good that if you look down at your gun with your headset, you see yeah a yeah, CG yeah. gun, and it's and so you are actually running around firing laser bolts. Yeah, and well, if I a lightsaber it's... deflects them, you're actually seeing your laser bolt hit a lightsaber and bounce off, and it's probably the most actually lifelike thing I've ever actually done and I, I really enjoyed it. it was, and it was just yeah. the right amount of fan service without being too stupid. Is there anything else more to say? Is that all that ever needs to be said about Star Wars? God, I hope so. Yeah, uh, well, I think it's just, looking back, it's the impact that Star Wars has had on video games, like clearly through the sort of inspirations and, and people making that kind of stuff. And as you mentioned... LucasArts and all the games that they did wouldn't exist were it not for the success of Star Wars and, you know, George Lucas setting that up and, you know, pioneering these point-and-click adventures and creating a sort of, you know, canon of very well-received um, games in that subgenre. You know, we talked about Wing Commander on a previous <laughs> episode and yes. how, you know, obviously that with Mark Hamill starring yeah. in those games and how that then became a movie all of itself released just a month or so before Phantom Menace. Before the Phantom Menace, you know. <laughs> um, so listen to that episode if you want to hear our thoughts on on that um, film. Uh, but even some, for instance, like um, mentioned the Lego Movie, but Lego Star Wars oh, was we the first. Even talked about those. Lego Star mm. Wars was the first Lego something video game, and that game created a whole sort of style and uh, sort of tone for all those crossover games that they did. And mm. in many ways, a lot of the sort of humour that's in the Lego movie, that sort of meta stuff, comes out of those Lego Star Wars no, games. absolutely true. Just with the presentation of it and how it adds a sort of comic spin on the movies. And there's even a new Lego Star Wars game coming out next year, the Skywalker Saga, which... Wow. I might get Captures that. all the movies, apparently. Um, they haven't really revealed goes, too yeah. much of it, but... Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure there'll be a sequence on Hoff. Let's just say. <laughs> no, I'm gonna I'm gonna categorically say I might get that. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, also, nice to see someone walking around with a lightsaber handle that looks like a giant vase. 
Um, that's essentially yeah, yeah. the scale of Lego I, Star Wars. I actually legitimately got it from the library the other day. I, I saw it. I picked it up. It was Revenge of the Sith told by Lego Star Wars. And it sort of implies Vader switches to the dark side because he gets to eat all the cake he wants. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, is there a youngling scene? <laughs> there is. And he, he, the, the youngling scene is, it just says, he's even mean to the Padawans. They're all in cages. Wow. And, and they're saying Yoda is going to be so cross when you get back. <laughs> Worst babysitter ever. <laughs> well, so the future of Star Wars games... They'll as, keep making them. They'll, they'll just keep making them. But what we were saying about Knights of the Old Republic and, and even like the president of Lucasfilm, Kathleen Kennedy, was asked this in April of this year uh, by MTV News. But she said, you know, mentioned, they mentioned Knights of the Old Republic and she said it is something that they are talking about the whole time. And they are developing something to look at, mm. which is, is, is like as non-committal as you can get. You know? Yeah, I'm sort of developing it right now, just like you know, have a corner of my eye while I'm no, busy doing other stuff. It's like when actors like Renona Ryder are talked asked about updates in Beetlejuice Two, and they say, "I really would like to be in that," and it's just her saying, "I'd like a job." <laughs> it's like, There's Stranger Things money ain't gonna last all that. All my yeah, life. exactly. Or like, so you know, in the future. There may be some uh, good Star, Star Wars, Wars movie based on a Star Wars video game. Yes. Right? Even, you know. And we'll be duty bound to cover it. Yeah, so you yeah. get to hear us waffle on about Star Wars even more. Yes. Well, I've had a lot of fun talking about this, this genre. And sadly, I don't think there's enough Star Trek games to warrant any sort of conversation. Yeah. Um, because even, even more so than Star Wars, the, the best kind of Trek is just talking in the room yeah. <laughs> about ethics. <laughs> also also the spaceship battles. I don't think I remember. It was in the Empire Review for uh, JJ's Star Trek reboot. They said the Enterprise was designed to play battleships, not asteroids. Mm. And I always love that quote. I'm like, that's exactly what it mm. is. I think there, there was a Star Trek video game based on the JJ universe, which was like so broken. Apparently it's unplayable. And of course... Whenever I see it in uh, the shop for a pound, I want to buy it just because I want to hurt myself. Um, but maybe, I don't know, we'll see. Maybe there'll be uh, a Star Trek episode sometime down the line. But uh, thank you very much for joining us, Stephen. Yeah, that's great. Um, we came that... through my childhood. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're just we're, our, our perpetual childhood continues <laughs> unabated. Yeah, exactly. um, we'll be in our sixties and seventies, eighties, still reminiscing about all that stuff we liked in the eighties. Yeah, and saying how episode twenty-four was not as good as episode seventeen. <laughs> no, <laughs> but also like I'm really like one of the reasons I started my podcast because I, I really it's nice to be on a podcast and talking about stuff we like. Mm-hmm. As opposed to it being primarily a kind of dumping ground. As yeah, well. we don't want to rag on absolutely everything. Oh, it's nice, great. Apart from Jar Jar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apart from your, what was your podcast called again? Uh, it's called Fifty Uses for the Word Love. Brilliant. And uh, you can find that on Podbean and Spotify and iTunes. And uh, anything else you want to plug? Oh, just that I'm a comedian and my name's Stephen Trumbull. Uh, check me out. <laughs> Lovely. Speaking of Star Trek, I'm still doing reviews of Star Trek The Next Generation on Instagram. So just search for the hashtag (laughs) make it so only man who can because my name is only man who can on Instagram and on Twitter. I'm on Twitter at Rory Steele and you can find games on film um, pretty much anywhere on social media. We're on Facebook, 
Twitter and Instagram at gamesonfilmpod. Our website is gamesonfilm.witsite.com slash podcast. And you can get in touch with the show, gamesonfilmpod at gmail.com. Uh, on our website, you can also find links to ways you can support the show, and you can find all episodes on soundcloud.com slash gamesonfilmpod, and we're on Spotify, Acast, Apple Podcasts, you know, wherever you find your podcasts. <laughs> and the music for this episode and every episode was composed by David Lightfoot. And I think next up, it's... is it Christmas? We're in it's, December there. Yeah, it, it next up will be our Christmas episode. And what better way to celebrate Christmas than with Dwayne The Rock Johnson? <laughs> Perennial favourite of games on film, having been in so many video game movies, we did Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle earlier this year, and we're going to be covering Jumanji the next level next time on the podcast. Mm, so... Uh... Whatever your Christmas plans are, cancel him. <laughs> Listen to this episode, share, like, subscribe, review, all that jazz. So um, until then, uh, thank you very much for listening. I've been Harry. I've been Rory. And I've been Steve. Yes. And the Force will be with you always. always. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.